Saturday, July 22nd is Haskell Day. We've got a ton of content, a little bit on this show, but mostly on other shows about it. Just want to remind folks that there's a contest you can get involved in, the $1,000 Haskell Handicapping Challenge. Reach out to Brian Skirka at Monmouth Park for more information on that one. I believe if you're playing on ExpressBet, um, you can sign up till the very last minute. Uh, TVG, there is a deadline that may have passed by the time you hear this. But also, just lots of great races. We've got a $300,000 win early pick five uh, guaranteed pool. There's also a special pick four that ends in the Haskell All Stakes. We cover that in another show. That's uh, $500,000 guaranteed. And then on the last five races, a guaranteed two fifty dollars as well. Lots of great stuff to check out. For much more information, go to monmouthpark.com. Hello and welcome to the In The Money Players podcast. This is our show for the races of Saturday, July 22nd. I'm your host, Peter Thomas Fornital, out here in San Diego, getting excited for opening day out here. It's been quite a fun and productive week, getting to see people and just soak in the Southern California vibes. It's going to be uh, heading straight from here to Saratoga, get the, the summer proper going in earnest, but you know, nothing wrong with a few days in Del Mar to kick things off. We'll be talking about Del Mar racing a little bit later in the show, as well as Woodbine, but we kick things off uh, bringing in a man to talk about Saratoga, a man whose opinion I always want to hear on these things. You know him from America's Day at the Races, as well as the In the Money Media Network. He is Jonathan Kinchin. JK, what's going on uh, up north? What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be uh, be here in, in Saratoga, it's always a ton of fun. And, 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 uh, these, these races, just l- looking at the past performances days in advance are just so exciting. Like, it's like, Oh, look at this. Ooh, there's that. Ooh, wow. This horse is in. And, uh, and, and we're in the meat of it now. So, uh, excited for the next eight weeks, seven weeks, whatever it is. But, but Pete, just a, a reminder for the next six weeks, we will be on big Fox for three hours every Saturday. And so please, please, please set your DVRs. We've set your DVRs, watch the show on Fox. Let's get those numbers up because Fox is really leaning into horse racing. And I think that if you love this game, like we all do, I, I think trying to, to reward them for that and, and, and let them see good numbers. And um, I think is going to be extremely helpful uh, for all of us in this game in general. So uh, let's, 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 let's keep it rolling. You say DVR. I'm not sure about the DVRs these days, but can you also they watch exist? on you? They still they still do. But YouTube is another example of a place you can tune in. Yes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You you can. Um, I think there might be in all. I think you know behind the scenes there might be separate numbers. I mean, I mean, obviously it still does well as a YouTube stream, but I think that letting Fox get those numbers through a cable device or through their streaming. I think is really the key to success. So okay. download that Fox sports app and, 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 and try to tune in. And, um, you know, look, we saw, I mean, it's a perfect example of it. If, if I'm being very honest is we saw what happened with the breeders cup classic, right? It's like, that is football is, is King in this country. And I don't blame NBC for, for having to honor that huge contract they have with the big 10. And unfortunately the, the, the classic had to be adjusted because of being on the West coast. And so tell we, people we, who we, don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, so you can look up the, the full article, but essentially, the, the if I'm not mistaken, the Breeders' Cup Classic will be the third to last 
Breeders' Cup race because of the West Coast time zone and because of NBC's commitment to a Big Ten um, primetime game every Saturday night, the Breeders' Cup Classic had to be moved up. I believe it'll be Breeders' Cup Classic, Breeders' Cup, uh, Breeders' Cup Turf Sprint, and then Breeders' Cup Sprint will kind of be the way the day ends. It's not a big deal. It's not ideal. I don't think it really, at the end of the day, I don't think we're going to look back at this in 10 years and be like, remember that time they ran the Classic? I don't... It, so there's no reason to get into an uproar, but I think it's an example of these networks have to prioritize what is financially beneficial to them. And if we can continue to put a good foot forward for places like Fox, who have taken a, a leap of faith into horse racing and NBC, who's always considered continued to, to tune in and to, to support horse racing, you know, it, it helps us when we, when these decisions have to be made. So, um, just be cautious of that, I think, is, is all I'm, is I'm telling the listeners. I'll tell you the main implication I see, JK, is for the Breeders' Cup betting challenge, not having the classic be last and having, you know, at least one historically chaotic race after. It could really change up strategies this year. Have you thought about that at all? Absolutely. But think about this, though. I mean, you're looking at two. I think we'll see what Caravelle does the rest of the year. You're looking at two pretty heavy favorites, I would think, unless a European comes over for the turf sprint that I'm not thinking of. But you're going to have Caravelle. You'd like to think uh, a returning champion. And and uh, is she undefeated this year? I think she might be undefeated this year. She is. Um, yeah, undefeated this year. And we'll see what she does the rest of the year. But then also, you're going to have elite power. I mean – isn't he going to be a huge favorite if he continues to do what he's been doing? I mean, we'll see what happens with, uh, with some of the other horses. We'll see what happens this summer, but you know, it's, 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 uh, it's going to be an interesting way to end it for sure. You heard it here first folks, JK all in double. We're going uh, Caravel into, into elite power. You did not hear that first. It's definitely not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't resist. Sorry. All right. Let's talk about this Saratoga Pick six. I, I apologize, folks, in, in running around out here and doing seven million things. I have not looked at these races, so I'm just going to be talking JK through his opinions today, and I'll chime in anything that leaps off the page at me. We start off with the caress, grade three action for older fillies and mares going five and a half on the turf. JK, how are we going to light this candle? Um, You know, I, 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 I thought for a second that this race was going to kind of go through uh, the three roses for Deborah. Uh, fast number last time, but I don't necessarily trust that number. And uh, looking at Timeform US, it, it, it seems a little bit more kind of the, her last two performances were on par. So I, I'm, I'm going to have to use a couple in here. I want to use our flash drive, who seems to really love the one turn. I want to use Roses for Deborah the three. I also want to use the four Poppy Flower, who I think is one of those kind of late running turf sprinters that doesn't want more ground actually likes less ground. She, I, I think she likes it shorter. She's, she's got that one good burst. And I think that five and a half really helps her. She likes it at Saratoga. She's run here three times uh, in the exact, all three times. She likes the distance as well. So I'm going to use those three and those three only. I have no need for the five on the outside that cut back. And you're going to avoid bubble rock too. It sounds like, or did I write that yeah, down? I, yeah, I'm just not a huge fan of, of Bubble Rock. I, I think that if you look through Bubble Rock's performances, it, they all seem a little bit questionable. You know, I mean, like the license fee, she ran from off the pace. She went from off the pace, but she's a speed type. Um, I just, she'll beat me. Oh, 
another thing to point out if you're looking at these races and you know hopefully you're looking at Monmouth at well it's it, Monmouth as well as Haskell Day Joel Rosario out of town so yep. a horse like Bubble Rock it wasn't a Flavian Pratt switch or horses like Roses for Deborah I don't believe that was an Irad Ortiz switch I believe that Joel's out of town yes I think that's a great point uh, and worth mentioning. We have a whole, we have two whole other shows about the Haskell, by the way. We encourage people to uh, to check those out elsewhere on the network, uh, video elements, as well as podcasts we've got coming for those. So uh, keep it keep it locked because that's a terrific card as well. JK looking to get started with uh, those three in the caress. And we move from there on to uh, Maiden Special Weight Action. Uh, one of the things Saratoga is really known for. We've got a big full field here. Uh, JK, I know you, you've been, you've probably been out having a, a libation or two. I'm sure you've heard something about some of these two-year-olds and or found something in the paper. Which way are we going? Field of unraced horses. Well, you know, and, and to those three people who got annoyed at me say, yeah, look at the workout report on days like this. I'm going to say it again. You got to look at workout report on days like this. You got XBTV filming. You have all these clockers here it's just important to look. You got to know what the world says. I've watched some of these works, so I do know a little. Um, I will say this, the two general, well, let me back up. Keep in mind that when the horsemen have a really good one, this is the weekend that they circle because it gives them six weeks out from the hopeful. It give, that's the time that these guys typically want, six to five weeks. So they're going to put their good ones in here. There's not, they're not you're just tossing them in here like, oh, let's see what happens. I think that you're going to see some wars this weekend in terms of these maiden special weight races. The two general partner uh, for Chad Brown, um, I, I, the horse worked with a horse named Top Corner, Top Connor, which uh, I know Chad's very high on Top Connor. And general partner, I thought, actually kind of worked a little bit better. Top Connor might be more of a down-the-line type. So I think it's safe to say that general partner is a runner the two um, Valentine candy looks interesting um, worked, worked well. If you watch on XBTV, all these works that I'm talking about, we're on XBTV. So you can kind of tune in and look for yourself. Valentine candy, uh, the, the team that brought you Matoli, Ricardo Santana, Steve Asmussen, Hyler Road stables. I watched the work between the six anointed and the nine protective anointed to someone who doesn't know what they're looking at was much, much the best. I think, right. Hold on. Yeah. Went better. I think I said that right. I think I said that right. I'm pretty like sure it was anointed. anointed better than protective. Yeah, I'm gonna double check that because I thought <laughs> it was the Irad horse, but I let me let me let me just while we're talking, I'll yeah, double we check can that. Qualify sure. while you rewatch and you can give us your your thought. That XPTV sure. is a fantastic tool that folks can check out. JK mentions the workout report that will be available um, tonight for tomorrow. We are recording this on Friday morning. Um, you can get that over at, uh, from our friends at uh, DRF.com. All right. Have you gotten yourself caught up here? I have found it. And now I'm just going to identify which one was on the outside and which one was on the inside. Okay. Anointed was on the outside and anointed outside, anointed outside, anointed outside, anointed went better. Anointed. Yes. So the six horse anointed, um, I thought went right better than the inside horse. I just, cause I, I guess I panicked. I thought it was <laughs> anyway. Well, we appreciate um, that you weren't going to put us away with bad info and you, we, we, no, you, know, you, 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 you needed to check your work there. So, so far I've got you and, looking to And also use... the seven dive bomber as well, Pete, uh, for Florangeru and, and Brad Cox. Yeah. I mean, uh, at this point, two, five, six, seven is where I'm at, but, um, you know, I actually talked a little bit about this with Tom Morley on JK plus one. And we were talking about how, 
idiots get mad at Maggie and Acacia and Richie for switching their morning picks after they've seen a horse work out poorly, <laughs> warm up poorly or look poor in the, in the, in, in the paddock and how th- someone was giving Maggie a hard time about it, but just like, what would you want her to do? Just tell you that the horse looks good and keep going. Um, yeah. I am going to reserve the right to texting some of these guys watching more workouts and looking at the workout report to maybe add some or downgrade some, but on paper and what I know now, two, five, six, seven would have to be on my tickets. And if you're playing the pick six, you can get some idea of what the market's doing here through the double probables. That's something we always like to point out, you know, sometimes seeing sneaky money on a horse, you know, there's horses that you know are going to take money. And then there's horses that sometimes you'll want to at least take another look for a spready backup line or something. That's a, a little tool you have in your toolbox. Obviously, if you're playing the late pick five, which starts here, you can just see the market straight ahead of time. Let's move on to the third race in the sequence. We've got an allowance race on the inner turf, a big full field. We've got a, an entry, a Chad Brown entry of a, I'm very busy. And uh, the other one is called Grand Geomar Step. Uh, they're going to take a lot of money. Are you with or against, JK? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm with. Look, I, I think that Grand uh, Grand Geomar Step is is uh, is one that has been working with Adamo, who's a, a stakes type horse, right? So you can see that on XBTV. That horse has been working with Adamo. And then I'm very busy. Uh, it was a very talented horse leading up to that Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf. It didn't run particularly well, but I do know uh, they were higher on this horse as a two-year-old. And uh, if you look at XBTV, working with some nice horses as well, exact estimate that we saw run at Saratoga on Thursday, Carl Spackler, a state type for E5 racing. So I think that these two horses have been working with horses that suggest that you know they're going to run well. But I also you need to use the horse down on the rail. When I say the rail, draw on the rail, I don't know what number the horse is, but on Tarez uh, for Bill Mori. The two. two ran extremely well on the synthetic at, at Presque Isle. Got a fast speed figure that day and uh, one that you'd want to consider. I, I think if these inside turf trips, if you can get lucky, I think are huge advantages. Yeah, and really it's not, it's not so much getting lucky so much as not getting unlucky. You know, that ground saving ride, once in a blue moon, the hole doesn't open and, and it's not so good. But, you know, the all the other times, it's a big advantage. Is that what you mean? Absolutely. Yeah. You, you, you said it best, but you know, one of us is a New York times bestselling author. <laughs> we got to get you on there, man. We got to get you on there, get you some hardware. All right. Race number nine, the CCA Oaks grade one action for these three-year-old Phillies field of sex six going postward, including uh, some very familiar names like Hoosier Philly and wet paint. Where will you be landing? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I feel like this race is one that's going to fall apart. I, I don't. It's a mile and an eighth. I don't trust the speed in here. We talked about it on the Monmouth podcast. You know, no matter where you're listening, you can. You've heard Tom Amos say. It, you've heard lots of different trainers talk about um, how Ellis Park had a run of being very speed favoring, and Hoosier Philly and she's looking lucky. Both were, I think, propped up by that speed favoring racetrack. Wet paint, I think, was 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 hindered by it. I loved wet paint. Going into the to the Oaks, um, she didn't run particularly well that day. She didn't embarrass herself, but she didn't run as well as I thought she would. Pretty mischievous came back to prove that she's a pretty darn good horse in her own right, so there's really nothing to be ashamed of. Uh, I, look, I, I love wet paint um, in the Coaching Club American Oaks. She'll be a single A for me, and I'll use Sacred Wish, uh, the three for Black-type Thoroughbred, Swinbank Stables, uh, for George Weaver, who, who, who I think could be trending in the right direction. I'll have her 
as a B horse and gambling girl as a B horse as well, because I do think it's going to fall apart. I think I've got the right closer and wet paint, but we know how trips can be sometimes even in a small field. I'll use those other two as backups. What are we hearing about our, our old pal, uh, sacred wish? Is she, she's uh, moving forward heading into this race. Yeah, well, she was entered in the Wilton Stakes last week, and uh, that race, you know, came in, came up, you know, not too tough, but tough enough with with a couple of of uh, Chad Brown runners and, and and a couple of others. And I think that George Weaver and and Jake and and Reagan kind of sat down and talked and said, you know, what the heck? I mean, if we're going to run in this race and be the third choice, maybe we should just run in the Grade One next Saturday and be the third or fourth choice. And you know, we'll see where where she lands in terms of betting, but. You know, you got to think for a three-year-old filly uh, with, 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 you know, it's not this time and an, out of an Indian Charlie mare, you would think that getting a, a grade one placing at Saratoga in the Coaching Club American Oaks uh, means a little bit more than that purse money might have meant last week in the Wilton. So no doubt. Um, I don't think they're in here to run third. I think they're in here to try to win the race. But I do think that there is a financial safety net for them in terms of hitting the board in a race like this. Right. Plan A is win. Plan B is beat three horses and get that uh, valuable grade one placing. We'll see how it works out for our pals. Then let's talk about race 10. We go to the dirt for an allowance race, six furlongs, field of nine. Uh, and accretive is your big favorite here on the morning line at eight to five. We'll start with that one. Are you with or against? Yeah, I mean, I think you only really need two in here. I mean, I guess some people might say a la carte could could kind of find previous form, but there's no indication that that's about to happen. Yeah, I think a creative is is uh, it, it looks to be a tough a tough one in here in this spot. Uh, once again, looking back to XBTV, this horse worked with Blazing Sevens last time, so we'll see what Blazing Sevens does today. We recorded this on a Friday. He'll be running in the Curlin. Um, Dufuski Island, another one that I'll use. Uh, this horse was impressive. Um, as a two-year-old for, for Jeremiah and then just kind of tailed off. But it seems to Charlie Baker kind of got the horse back on track. And then Rudy Rodriguez seems to have the horse rolling as well. So I think you want to have both of those. Um, I trust Defusky Island a little bit more than some might think. I think this horse could get loose on the front end. And Accretive could be one of those horses that kind of gets into no man's land from a pace standpoint. I'm going to use them equally. But I, if I had to pick one to single as an A, I would single a creative because I do think he's better. But I, I, I'm going to use them both kind of as uh, as double A's. But I won't use any B's in here. Okay, six eight, <clears throat> trying to lock it up. Can't seem to uh, get my throat working here this morning. Need more coffee. Um, Twenty five thousand dollar claimers are how we're going to wrap things up. We six furlongs on the dirt once again. When it comes to this pick six on uh, Saturday at Saratoga, JK, how are we getting paid? Well, like you know, it's it's always going to be a tricky thing to end. They, the the racing office does everything in their power to make these last races of these sequences as complicated as possible. I'm going to spread in here, um, it, barring any entries. I'll, I'll I'll go in order. So hopefully, uh, let's see. To the I'm going to use. I'm going to try to beat the two. Catch you soon. Uh, uh, Linda Rice was on fire at Belmont, and she's still kind of on fire. But if in, is it, is eventually, you'd like to think that she kind of blew some of those conditions, and she's going to run out of out of, uh, out of, uh, out of horses here to run, uh, where they need to be running. I am going to use the four, just call Ray, the five air show, the six, seven nation army, the seven, uh, I guess that's Senor Jobim. It doesn't have, it doesn't, yeah, Senor Jobim. Is that right? Jobim. Jobim. Oh, I is that so, from, like, okay. Yeah. Okay. And then, um, not a big Brazilian uh, f- samba fan, JK. 
Not a huge one. Not a huge one. Not a huge one. Digital Future and Prince James. Those will be the horses that I'll use uh, in this situation. Oh, and Saint Selby. Saint Selby. I always use Saint Selby. Like, look, I'm 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 pretty skinny in a lot of different spots in here, yes. so I have the right to to spread here because you know this is a race that if it was earlier in the card, if it was race six and it wasn't involved in the pick six, I mean race four wasn't involved in the pick six or whatever, I just would skip it. You know what I mean? It's it's a very complicated situation. Let me see if I got this right. I might have missed a number four, five, six, seven, eight, eleven. Four or five. Let's see. I don't have numbers in front of me. Let's see. Four. Uh, you can say Five, their names. Six, Just say their names. Seven, eight, nine. Is the oh. nine Prince James? Yes. Yep, nine. And then uh, 11. Yes, St. Selby. Yep. Good stuff. Trying to beat the the favorite, which I think makes sense. You, you got to figure that entry is going to be just wildly overbet specifically in the picks, right? You just got to figure there's a lot of people throwing that horse in under the theory that the two for one is value, but the two for one can often be the opposite of value in these kind of spots and pick bets. So I'm, I'm thinking you're probably onto something with your, with your spready approach there, JK, and uh, looking forward to delving into these races more myself. Any uh, closing thoughts before we throw this to a break and, and come back with uh, who's going to be next? I think Drew will come up next. Yeah, just just a reminder that uh, that uh, you know we'll be on we'll be on Fox for three hours every Saturday, including tomorrow. Um, the Haskell will also be on NBC um, for part of that time. So just that's pretty the cool. Old, that's the, worth old, the old yeah, the old flash button. Get the old flash where you flash back and forth. If you're a tech man like I am, there's nothing wrong with two TVs uh, to, to to enjoy both of those. But uh, you know, or at least stream one or watch one on the TV, stream one, but support racing on broadcast television. Very happy to be working with Toba, the Thoroughbred Owners and Breeders Association. Toba's mission is to improve the economics, integrity, and pleasure of the sport on behalf of Thoroughbred Owners and Breeders. Lots of projects they're involved in. The American Graded Stakes Committee, the Claiming Crown, they do ownership seminars, breeding confirmation and pedigree clinics, and there's also a sales integrity program. Um, so much good stuff that they're involved in on the media side. They're the co-owner of the Blood Horse, TCA, the Thoroughbred Charities of America. That's their charitable arm. And Toba, very happy to be uh, on the board of directors for the NTRA and also uh, on the Racing Medication and Testing Consortium as a founding member. Lots of good stuff going on. Very happy to be working with Toba. Next up on the show, man, I had the pleasure of doing Horse Player Happy with a happy hour with the last couple of weeks. We let him go early to rest his throat. Are you still playing hurt today, Drew Cotney? I think I'm finally back, um, back on the training track, um, starting to warm up and breeze a little bit. So hopefully by uh, tomorrow morning on Saturday morning, um, I'll be uh, in full stride on the golf course at 9:45, and then uh, wrap up there and then play in this uh, little Haskell contest to try and get another BCBC entry, be a bit double barreled and in a real threat. <laughs> Come no I like it. No, I like, I think it's a good idea. A thousand dollars to play. You can play on express bet or TVG. If you're TVG, Act fast, because I, I think they close the day before. But uh, Express, but I think you can sign up right until the contest begins. Reach out to Brian Skirka at Monmouth with any questions. Speaking of Monmouth, two other shows we have. I might have plugged this in the previous segment already, but a couple of shows about Haskell Day 1 through the lens of fixed odds presented by Monmouth Bets that has some really fun interviews and stuff. You can also find that on our YouTube channel. It's got really cool graphics. 
uh, definitely worth checking out. And then uh, was able to get thoughts from JK and Brian Skirka himself on another show that's going to be airing. So yeah, we've got you covered seven ways to Sunday play in that contest and see if you can uh, knock the smile off Drew Cody's face. It won't be easy. Yeah, no, no, no. And it, within the content, um, do you know, did we do any track profile work? Cause I know not, a lot of people don't play Monmouth day in, day out. And I was going back and watching some of the United Nations and with Red Knight in there being a deep closer. The question is, how does the turf play? So many questions on track profile. Do the listeners get any of that content? If not, we may have to drum something up. No, we, we talk about the way that the dirt course plays with Brian Skirka on that show. He, you know, believes it has that very common profile now where the rail itself isn't necessarily where you want to be, but speed is generally good. The turf course, I think, can typically play to speed, but, you know, it's a real, you have to pay attention based on moisture in the ground. And as in every case, I think that pace is going to trump bias in most situations. You know, you remember last year's UN and you had a winner coming from, from extremely far back. So, I mean, I think I would be looking, I'd go in with the, the sort of assumption that things are going to be fair, but you know, the, the very inside can be tricky on that dirt course. And yes, yeah, speed typically does well. So that's what I would say, generally speaking about that. And we do cover some of these thoughts and some of the other Monmouth content as well. But we're here to talk about Woodbine, my friend. This meet is, uh, we're getting serious now. We're not that far from the, the running of the King's Plate in August. We're going to have a lot more coverage of that. We've got stakes action, double-barreled stakes action on Saturday. We'll start off with race number seven, the grade three Ontario Colleen going a mile for these three-year-old fillies on the turf. Who do you like in here, my friend? Yeah, and the whole race complexion changes, at least down the morning line, with the number three Queen Picasso likely to run today. We're recording Friday morning at Saratoga. So the morning line favorites scratched out of here. And I'm going to go with the number eight last call, six to one. Had a bit of a trip last time against the pace flow and a bit of a shuffle early on. And I think today should get a nice pace to run into in the full eight furlongs in the one turn should fit perfectly and continues to improve. So number eight, last call for me. And then I'm going to use uh, one other horse, the number six, love to shop at 10 to one. I expect this price to drift downward because um, this runner just continues to get better with each start. Um, the full eight furlong, again, I think fits perfectly for this type of closer and has the tactical speed and I, I think is going to be pressing early. Last out was involved in the Belmont's uh, six furlong turf event on the inner to graduate from the maiden ranks. So I, I really do like uh, this number six, uh, love to shop. One comment on the Alley Wild Stakes. None of those runners really impressed me. Rider, rider, rider didn't really do much running. Mohawk Trail got the job done, but was pressing and just the best on the day. And I thought, I thought my top choice here um, of last call. Uh, last call made up the most ground and was really running well. So I'm, I'm fading the rest of the alley wild stakes out of this one, which helps you really narrow things down. Yeah, last call definitely flow upgrade by any imagining coming from last in that slow pace and making the move chance to reverse that form here. And I like your case on love to shop as well. Eight and six for Drew to kick things off. And then we go to the back half of our stakes double here on the card, which is the grade three Hendry stakes on the synthetic six and a half and a field of eight. Drew, we keep it with you. Yeah, I'm with the number six uh, cliff row at six to one. Ran a really good figure when coming over here on the all-weather surface. Uh, 
Drew, I will um, just interrupt you so I don't forget. Clithrow is the five. Oh, thank you. The number five. I did. I pulled the JK and used uh, the wrong number here. So <laughs> the number five, Clithrow, morning line, six to one. But um, over at Kempton, ran a really nice time form figure and then shipped over to Belmont for the last two races um, and continues to improve. And that bunch last out was a tough group, and she tried to close into the neutral fractions. And today should kind of get a pretty decent trip being able to press and make one run at it late and be right in the thick of it as they turn for home. Two other horses I'm going to use, the number two Hazelbrook, five to one, has been able to fire fresh, winning three races off the break. Uh, I, I see this one pressing the pace just a length or two ahead of uh, my top choice and has overall better figures than the rail horse who's going to be the heavy favorite. So why take favoritism in this race with the number one loyalty at nine to five? I just haven't seen that step forward in loyalty happen yet. And so uh, she's going to have to prove it to me. And then a long shot I want to use specifically underneath, I might use for a little bit on top and any, uh, any of our exotics is the number four sweet enough at 15 to one last out suicidal pace, non-fit, non-finish early on today gets to stalk it and try and make one run it and, and get back to those earlier forms that, uh, the Gulfstream Park races were at. So the number four sweet enough uh, could be quite a good price to juice up some exotics if you're looking for an underneath horse. I don't really see it on top, but the number four sweet enough, 15 to one. So five, two, and a little bit of the four. I like it. You're taking on a big, taking on a big chunk of the market there, opposing who are going to be some heavy favorites. And you've got some good cases. I'm absolutely with you on Clitheroe. Uh, just so many arrows for me pointing in that direction. And you're going to get a square price with the likes of Loyalty and Miss Speedy in there. We'll see if we can get that price in in the Hendry to set up the late double, which begins with a six furlong synthetic allowance race. We've got a favorite on the morning line, significant favorite in out of door. Are you with or against? I am with. I think the figures fit. The speed is great. And I just don't see anything that really presents too much of a trouble. And Turfway Park was producing some really good runners in the spring, so should continue onward. One thing to note is this runner hasn't drawn an inside post draw in the last two events starting uh, uh, in the 10 post last out. So, I'm hoping this one gets an even cozier of a trip, and I think eight to five would be a gift. I'm going to guess this horse is going to go off below even money. Okay. Big, big shout there for out of doors, one to maybe be uh, looking to single. Did you have any numbers to come with or for underneath? That's it. Just stone cold to out of door. Stone cold single, as I wrote in my notes. I love it. Let's go to race 10. Three-year-old allowance, fillies and mares, seven furlongs on the turf, and a big full field of 13 expected to go postward. How about here? Is this another place we can reach for a price, or do we want to focus some more on the top of the market? I'm focusing on the top of the market. Nothing creative here. And this is a huge field of 13 going postward. I believe it's 13 total. Um, I'm going to go with the number five, Rosebud's Hope, three to one. Not a lot of speed in here, and this should be a perfect trip for this runner. Bug Jockey gets aboard. You have to imagine the directions are going to be go to the lead and see how far you can ride it out and gets a bit of a cutback. And the inner turf uh, was a little bit too far, and the, the wide seven furlongs today should help carry that speed. So I feel pretty good about this. Um, the number five, Rosebud's Hope, three to one, feels like a, the right price. Also, the number nine firing bullets at four to one, closing in neutral fractions last time. 
coming off that long break and today gets the second off. And then one long shot, the number four, Lady Uris at 12 to one is a really young type who has a lot of, uh, I think, unexposed form and could wire this field. Hernandez um, is going to be aboard again and would be able to, uh, I think will it has a good job doing on the lead. So I don't think he's going to run Lady Uris into a suicidal pace. So if that horse breaks on top, would not be surprised if we see a wire-to-wire finish. There seems to be plenty of potential speed, but you know sometimes it doesn't matter if you can get secure that inside position and go on with it. Um, that can can make all the difference as we close things out at Woodbine. Any uh, final thoughts on this show from you, Drew, about Woodbine or uh, Saratoga or the Haskell this week? Whatever you want to talk about. Uh, no, I'm excited. Let me look at some Haskell notes here. Um, I love seeing, what's that? Who are you picking in there? Uh, I haven't landed on a horse. We had talked about it. I'm warming up to the idea of Arabian night, um, based on some of the other comments that have been made about mage and his, his level of ability. You know, one, one horse I do like in the United Nations is catnip four to one. Um, I, I think I was just going back and rewatching some races in the United Nations, it looks like you don't want to be far, far back out of it. And that's exactly what Red Knight's going to try and do. Wide, come from the back of the pack around the far turn. And I don't know if my bankroll's on the line. Catnip feels like a good one who overcame some adversity last out. And then Molly Pitcher, you got search results. <laughs> Duck and Clarier and uh, some of the others. And I think it's the Shoe V. You're the, you're the Saratoga stakes expert up there. But I, I, yep, believe Clarier, be, I think that's the Sunday feature at Saratoga. Yeah. So search results at eight to five. You know what? This is one of those questions of like the buyers aren't that high coming out of it or the buyers are high, but the time form is on par with every other runner in here. So you got to You got to kind of crack some eggs and, and make a hard decision. Is, is search results that good or is time form and Craig Mikowski right that those are that impressive? I'm going to go with the side that there was a lot of battle and war and bloodshed in the middle of those races where I think search results is going to have a pretty much a a day at the beach to be able to run and do whatever she needs to do pressing that pace. So there's, there's some exciting uh, races here. And I think it really starts to pick up uh, when you get up to the matchmaker in race five, starting that old 152 Eastern. So I'm excited and it's going to be a great weekend. Covered, as noted earlier, covered on NBC. And then we've got uh, racing on Fox. If It's a good day to have a multiple uh, TV setup if you're a racing fan. Drew, we will be looking for you on the leaderboard on Saturday, and we will catch up again soon. You could be a millionaire this summer with Naira Betts play the Saratoga Late Pick 5 this weekend. Be the single ticket winner. Then cash in on the million-dollar bonus. Million-dollar bonus exclusively available when you bet with your Naira Bets account, strike it rich on Saturdays and Sundays at Saratoga. It pays to play with Naira Bets. Visit nairabets.com slash millionaire to learn more. Last but not least, we turn our attention to out west, North County, San Diego, and the Del Mar meet. We did a special show for opening day. In this segment, we are going to be covering 
the Saturday Late Pick 5. And to do that with me, we bring in a man whose work you can find over at inthemoneypodcast.com slash plus. You can find it on frankscatoni.com, uh, the DMTC website as well. He is Frank Scatoni. What's going on? <laughs> uh, everything's good, Pete. First, uh, you know, hanging out, Del Mar, you're in town. It's all good. <laughs> all right, let's dive in to the sequence. We allowed ourselves to go on many uh, on many tangents on the opening day show. We'll, we'll keep it a little uh, leaner and meaner here. But I do want you to uh, mention again to people some of the stuff that you've got going on in terms of uh, live here on site at Del Mar, including the seminar we're going to do tomorrow. Yeah, this is going to be a great summer. I'm super excited about a bunch of the on-track things that, that I'll be participating in. Every Thursday, it's a free admission at the racetrack. And uh, I'll be hosting the newcomer seminar, bringing that back, dusting the dusting the script off, and love it. Yep, gonna give out some advice to people who've never been to the track before. So that'll be a lot of fun. And you do picks like an experienced yes. person, I think, would still get something out of that and get your thoughts on the races. Just to clarify, that. yes, I do, I do, I do give out picks, and a lot of times, and I put them on the whiteboard. So a lot of times, people will just come. Hear me drone for drone off a little bit. <laughs> write the picks down and say, "Okay, can we go get a hot dog?" And that's fine. Yeah. It's totally fine. Um, so yeah, I'll do that on Thursdays. And then Saturdays, uh, as you mentioned, um, we're going to do an on-track seminar, uh, one one p.m. one hour before the races, and we're just going to go over the card. And then Sundays, I do my live stream through the Del Mar social media platforms, and that's uh, a little bit more of an advanced uh, seminar. It's called Best Bet. I talk with players about just trying to pick and choose certain opportunities on the card to really get involved in, look for value, and come up with wagering strategies where you can make a lot of money. We will get this party started with the first race we're chatting about on the Saturday card, which, uh, if I've done my math correctly here, is race number seven. And we've got stakes action for three-year-old Phillies in the Ocinitas. We're going a mile on the turf. And like many of these races, we've got a big full field oversubscribed to deal with. A couple stood out to me, but very curious to get your reading on this one. Yeah, this is a quite a race to kick off a very, very difficult sequence. Total of 69 horses have been entered in these last five races. Big full fields to take on. Uh, and as we were talking before we hopped on uh, the recording, we also got a couple of maiden races thrown in just to, you know, just to stick it to us a little, <laughs> little more. Um, but but at, least, at least this race, we have some form to go on. Uh, I, I did think this was a really competitive race. I'm not super confident in, in my selections, but I am confident in the fact that this race is going to have a fast pace. There is plenty of speed in here. So I'm going to, you know, plant my flag with a couple of horses who I think are going to get good off the pace trips. Um, number three, Warren's Candy Girl, 5 to 1 on the line. She has a very, very strong late kick and she loves this course. She won two races here last summer, an allowance against Open Company, and she won the Solana Beach Stakes. Uh, I understand it's just for Calbreds only, but the fact that she also has form against open allowance foes means that uh, she's a very good fit in here. And this is a restricted race, uh, you know, so uh, it's not as tough as what an open listed, listed race would be. So I think the race sets up very nicely for her. The other horse I was going to use is number eight, Nevisian Sunrise. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, there's a world in which this might be a prep race for her. It's coming off a year plus layoff. But the fact that J.J. Hernandez shows up riding says a lot. Uh, you know, as we talked about before, Pete, uh, hot jockeys, hot trainers at Del Mar. 
got to get him going. Yep. He's the top dog in the colony. He gets the choicest mounts. This horse has tactical speed, doesn't need the lead, can kind of track off a fast pace, and uh, like she did in her maiden breaker, which I thought was a terrific race. She could be very tough. Uh, regardless, if she doesn't win here but runs well, make a note because she will win next time. Interesting. So just three and eight you're going to war with here. Any that you wanted to mention as backups? No, I was going to throw in a bomb uh, because I do think this is a competitive race. Uh, another A, number 11, Una Chiquitita. Uh, really not much to recommend on paper, but two things interest me. Berrios, who's a really good jockey. He sticks around. He rode her all three times in the States. He shows back up again. I also like that Optics Notes has some good things to say about that last race, which was her first try on turf. She was against the flow. She closed despite a glacial pace, and she galloped out well. She was a grade one winner in Chile, and Polanco and Berrios know how to win with this kind of horse. Last year here, uh, they had a horse called Blue Stripe. She was voted sure. the top older filly and mare at the summer meet last year. And as you know, she almost won, yeah, won the Breeders' Cup Distaff at 24 to 1. Yep. So, so Polanco knows what he's doing with a horse like this. Oh, I love that long Sneaky. shot case. Yeah, I'm throwing, I'm, I'm, I'm co-opting that pick, at least on the backup line. Very, very clever, clever stuff there. I was with you on Navishan Sunrise. Um, classic East Coast turf form going West Angle. But I thought, while there does appear to be plenty of speed, I thought Navisian Sunrise could be the best of that speed. Really? Um, yeah, it was one thought I had. Yeah. The, the closer I was interested in, you know, sometimes they get fresh off the bench too. That, that, yes, that that's true. Figured in. Um, but sometimes, you know, that best of speed could also just be settling off and then attacking on the turn kind of a thing. Honey Pants, I wanted to mention, is one that looked potentially the best closer. And then I really like, that's the 12-runner, Honey Pants. And then I really like your case on that 11. And I'm sure I'll follow you in with the three as well. Just the three A's for you there? Three A's, but no, I have I have three B's listed as well. Um, I'm not sure if I'll play all of them. I might narrow it down after scratches and whatnot. But number two, very scary. Number 12, Honey Pants. And number 14, Symphony Perfect, I would use as these tough, tough, tough race. Let's move it along to race number eight. We've got these two-year-old maidens. Now, the, you know, I, I say this, I say this out of love. Obviously, we love <laughs> Delmar. We love working with Delmar. Um, but you know, I've said similar about to this for for our friends at Stronic when appropriate. So Actually, for the pick five, this isn't horrible placement for a maiden race because at least you get to, to look into it. But if you're playing the pick six, it's super annoying to have it be the third leg, yes. especially when there's another two-year-old maiden race that has no form later on. That's not how this should be done. The maiden races should either be the first leg or the second leg so you can at least see double problems. It's just much more horse player friendly, and, and I don't think it costs them anything, and I'd love to see a slightly different approach. That said, this is an interesting uh, event for two-year-old maiden fillies. You're going to have a ton of action in the form of the number eight Dua, but I was just scared about the price and also the fact that this horse has seven siblings, none of whom won first out. And when you're dealing, I know the workouts look good, but when you're dealing with a first time starter, that's going to be shades of odds on potentially, that's the kind of thing that might make me say, eh, you know what, I, I'm going to at least want some other coverage. I thought the seven April vintage was very, very interesting. Vino Rosso off to a very good start overall. I pulled the numbers this morning, four for 21 overall, two for 15 first out. I mean, that's not terrible. It's slightly better than average, I'd say. And I like the fact that the lone sibling 
one first time out as a two-year-old, also for Miller, and went on to uh, run in stakes. And then the other obvious thing here, you're dealing with a two-year-old training uh, sale purchase, 175000 off a stud fee of fifteen k. That means this horse is probably fast. I would be very excited at anything near that uh, 10 to 1 of the morning line on April Vintage. Uh, you know, I probably won't be a hero, and there'll probably be some dua on some of my tickets, but uh, th- those were the two that leapt out to me. What did you think? Yeah, I, I had dua as an A, um, and but I also had your April Vintage as an A. Um, I know Peter Miller has two runners in here. I'll use his other one, number nine, Feisty Matoli, as a B. Uh, they kind of look the same on paper, but my gut tells me that uh, Vasquez is probably on the better horse than Maldonado. So uh, I think number seven, April Vintage, is, is very interesting at a price. And then the other horse I was going to use as an A uh, is number one, Ashley. I know John Sheriffs rarely wins with firsters, uh, but you know John White is a very astute morning line maker. He's, he factors in morning workout reports because, uh, as we know, that they, they heavily impact the odds here yeah. in Southern California. Uh, so when John White has a firster from a barn uh, that doesn't often win first out, that's telling me that this horse is working very, very well. Um, I haven't seen any workout reports yet because um, uh, they haven't come out yet. But the other thing is, um, you know, every year before Del Mar started, my favorite column in the world, Jay Pridman used to do yep. the juvenile write-up, and you would always find some sneaky horses in there. He would, uh, you know, go around, go around the backstretch, talk to trainers, and and kind of get give us an idea of who the hot two year olds might be. Uh, Jay obviously retired, so uh, Brad Free, who's been helping Jay, who helped Jay the last couple of years, he took over. He mentioned in his juvenile roundup column that this horse has speed. So speed at the rail on a five furlong affair, uh, you know, a bunch of maidens, first time starters. The horse gets out, breaks well. Could be lights out. And you might get a backable price because there's going to be a lot of people knee-jerk just saying, oh, John Sheriff, how Never often wins. does he win? He has won with a first during yeah, the last couple of years. Yeah, he won with Justique, right? Was right, it just yeah, Justique won first. That yeah. might be the, the most yeah. recent one. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I like uh, – I, I mean, I totally I totally get that case. Eight, seven, and one on the A line, the nine on the B line for Frank. Does that does that sum it up pretty well? That is correct. Well, one – yeah, one, eight – one seven eight and then the nine on the B line. Yeah. Gotcha. Which is the top? Is the one more the top pick or the eight more the top pick? Well, the eight. Uh, no, the seven because of the price. <laughs> right. No, that's right. That's very wise. Because so I don't really have. I mean, they're a bunch of first time starters. I don't yes. have any proprietary info. I mean, we can watch the workouts on XBTV, but whenever I do that, it's just a horse running. <laughs> it's just a horse running. <laughs> I, I'm not good at it. That's not that's not my area of expertise. So. That's All right. Well, let's move on to the stakes action in the San Clemente. We've got these three-year-old fillies going a mile on the turf. Frank, we'll keep it with you for your thought on the feature. Yeah, I think I think the the, the racing office is probably scrambling trying to find the 15 and 16 saddle cloths in case <laughs> in case these two AEs get in into the race. It's just incredible. What a big full field. Uh, Incredible job by the racing office so far. First two days of the meet, uh, I thought I thought Leonard Powell uh, held the keys to the kingdom here. Number three, Anna Set looked really good in her first U.S. start. She came from dead last, made a really nice move, uh, and ran them all down in an allowance race. If you look at her internal fractions in that race, you'll see that she ran each quarter faster than the next. Love that. And as you know, Pete, that's the sign of a quality runner. Yep. That exudes class to me. Uh, Optics Notes also had some very positive keywords for her, including the fact that she galloped out strong. So she's an absolute must-use for me. And his other horse, number 11, Wed, uh, pretty good Euro form, 
they thought enough of her to try her in a group one at Longchamp, mm-hmm. so as a juvenile last year. So clearly somebody thought she had ability. I think she was overmatched in her two races this year. So I think this is a much better spot for her first U.S. start. And of course, you know, I talked about hot jockeys. Hernandez shows up to ride. So um, Leonard Powell. And then I'll just throw in one more A. It's tough race. Number four, Delight. Uh, grade two. Uh, won a grade two at Keeneland as a juvenile. And she came off a layoff in May. She won her three-year-old debut in fine fashion. Jonathan Thomas has been shipping some of his horses out here, and they've run really, really well on the turf. So when he ships out, the horse uh, has good – he ships out with good intentions. So I think this one figures today. She's also versatile. She can win on the lead. She can win stalking. She can win from off the pace. So those are my three A's. I feel pretty good about them. I have some Bs that I may or may not use, depending on how expensive this ticket gets. But I'd be perfectly fine going with those three horses. Do you want to name check those Bs just for, you know, Well, yeah, I mean, it's no, 6, 9, 12, and 14. But okay. I, I'm not going to use all of them. Gotcha. And like I said, I probably won't use any of them. Right. Okay. I mean, yeah. I want to list them as C's in that case. Okay. And I think that gives people the idea. If somebody's looking to spread and wants right. another number, you can use those. But Frank really looking to try to lock this up three, eleven, and four. And those are two of the three that I had uh, in in my mix as well. Not too much to add. And the set just looks super logical. Wed, an interesting unknown quantity, has that group two win that would put her there. I don't think the distance going to be any trouble if you can get a flat seven. Uh, if you get a straight seven over there, you can get a mile here with turns oh, for sure. easily. And then uh, Spicy Bug, though, is one that I did want to to bring up and yeah. get your thoughts on. I see, you know, you did use as a B, so I assume you like Stretch Out Sprinter, which is, which is you know, it can be a tricky little item. But just figure-wise, these races are pretty darn strong. And you've got the fact that you're in terrific hands with Mike McCarthy and, and some good figures. So it just, just seemed like one I thought could get sort of a mid-pack trip and maybe close by them all at what could be a, a decent price. Did you What, what made yeah, you a little I, on the fence about it? Was it just the distance factor? Well, no, I'm not worried about the distance. I, I Typically, I do not like stretch-out sprinters going a mile at Del Mar. That's typically a play against for me. But uh, you mentioned how good Michael McCarthy is. If there's one thing he can do, he is terrific with getting stamina into horses. So I'm not worried about the horse getting the distance. I just preferred the other three three more. That's all. Makes perfect sense. Let's talk about another maiden race. we got Cal Bred at two-year-old Colts going out next, flat five furlongs. And my first one, I'll give you a very flaky angle. Not so flaky as you might think. It's not a name hunch play. Uh, with Pete's old fashioned, but I, saw that. <laughs> I did. I was at the with, with Michelle over at the Hanson Barn the other day, and, yeah. and we were talking through about. And the vibes around this one were just very good. Those last few workouts look strong. Not a ton of stuff in the pedigree here, really, um, but decent. Certainly decent blood to win first out with Smiling Tiger in the mix. But it was more just a, a, a horse that I thought looked well prepared and ready that there were good vibes about. So I, I, I made that one. The top, uh, the top pick, and then I thought that the nine, uh, Donnie the Cairo, was just extremely uh, logical. Few winning siblings for Donnie the Cairo that ran pretty well first time out. Something I always, uh, always pay attention to, and just to look again, just looks like one. Looking at those works two and three back, especially that it seems to be well prepared for Peter Miller, a trainer who obviously points to this meet. So those were the two main ones I was interested in. I can easily be convinced to use more. It's not like I think you can just lock it up with those two, but those were the two I wanted to talk about. What did did you have for this? Yeah, I I wasn't super crazy about this race, um, and I'm actually a little bummed because my top pick in the race is on the AE list, and that's number 11, Lord Prancelot. So pay attention if that horse gets in. Bondi is so good with juveniles. 
He started to heat up with some two-year-olds at Santa Anita. This horse has some snazzy-looking works on paper. Not crazy about the post, you know, at the short distance, but I think this horse is probably pretty fast. Uh, and Bonnie is so good with getting speed into his horses. So if the 11 gets in, that is my top pick. I wasn't crazy about the horses who had run. You know, I was looking for first-time starters just like you. I do have number seven, Pete's Old Fashioned, as an A. I was going to say, it's an appropriate name, Pete, <laughs> and drinking old fashions. Uh, <laughs> Which we've done plenty of. Plenty of. <laughs> and uh, Ryan Hansen, he's a really good horseman. He knows how to work with young horses. Um, the fact that Maldonado is on tells me that this horse probably has some good speed. Uh, Maldonado is a terrific gate jockey, very aggressive. I, I, you know, and the works look pretty good on paper. So, but I love the fact that you have some, you know, you have some proprietary info. You were at the barn. You saw with your own two eyes what was going on with this horse. And, and you know, it's six to one on the morning line. It's an absolute use. Uh, again, with you, number nine, Donnie the Cairo. Bullet works at San Luis Ray for Peter Miller. That tells me all I need to know. And then I was going to look at number 10, Dr. No-No. Uh, have to deal with a tough post, but uh, might be able to clear if that bullet worked too back is to be believed, but really, really sharp. Corner, another trainer who's excellent with young horses. He hasn't had the best year, but, you know, sometimes I don't mind that going into Del Mar because maybe they're saving their stock yeah. and their conditions for, you know, a really important race meet. So um, I think Dr. Nono was one that, that you want to include as well. If I had to throw a B in, I would use number five, Capo Luigi. Of the, of the horses who've run before, this one looks the most interesting to me. Off slowly in the debut at Golden Gate, yet tried hard all the way to the wire to finish third. Um, and, you know, this is a familiar, familiar refrain from this podcast. Hernandez takes yep. the call yep. you know, for, for a Golden Gate horse. So. You're, you're looking for him to get off to a hot start. Well, yeah, because he's suspended for opening day. So he's got he's to make up some time uh, for Saturday's there, races. There you go. And according to you, he might be leading the standings after the day. <laughs> We've got one more race to talk about, and I'll admit this one I kind of struggled with. I kept going back and forth and, and looking at different things. Eventually, I think I know how I'm leaning and going to get this figured out, but very curious to get your thoughts on this allowance going a mile on the turf. When it comes to this late pick five on opening Del Mar Saturday, Frank, how are we getting paid? Well, you know, if Leonard Powell has a good day, I think Frank Scatoni will have a pretty good day. <laughs> I thought number one, Sarwa, was, was going to be very, very tough. Just missed by a neck last time in a ninth furlong race that had no pace. So he should be super fit off that. I I, I kind of like, I love that cutback. Most people go one mile to, you know, seven furlongs. I like the mile and eighth on the turf cutting back to the flat mile. Um, those horses usually really fit and they finish well. So he he's an A for me. I expect a big move forward second off the bench. I want to make him my lone A, but... Other horses I'm considering that I might upgrade to A's depending on scratches and how big the ticket is. Number nine, Tio Magico. Horses run three really good races at this level. It's been a little unlucky. Last time he never really got a chance to show his best stuff. And I like that D'Amato freshened him up. He had a really tough race in January. Freshened him up, um, took, took care of the horse. I expect that horse to fire big off the layoff today. And the other one I would look at, I'm probably leaning more towards a B, would be number 11, Baj. I just, I hate the posts going a mile, but, you know, this horse figures to move forward today. Showed speed in the six and a half furlong turf sprint, which looked looked like a prep for this. Total prep, uh, because his two-turn form back east is really, really solid. So 
um, on the fence with Baj, but right now I'll call Baj a, a B. Okay, one and nine, 11 on the backup line. Yeah. I was with you with uh, with, with uh, Tiz Magico, or Tio Magico, excuse me. I, I made the top pick. D'Amato, very good at this game. Bringing them back in this spot should get a really nice trip, I thought. And I had Sarwar in the mix as well. This horse making that run. Um in a in a slow paced middle of the race and that, that maybe compromised the chances to get the job done but now uh, still eligible for this condition with a race good enough to win at this level and the inside draw lots of good stuff there i wanted to try to tell a story about number 12 liberal another horse mm. coming off of a big uh, coming off of a big layoff but i just felt like Looking at trips and numbers, they, they, there were some things to like here, especially from that uh, that Santa race, three back numerically. Now, granted, got a great setup, but might get a great setup here. And when you're from the 12 pole, possibly just able to drop out, this horse I think is going to be a big enough price that I want to keep in the mix. Can you see liberal if you squint? Yeah. <laughs> you, I've always liked the way this horse finishes races. This horse is a very, very nice closing kick. It's getting a five-pound weight break. Uh, I think that'll come in handy. My biggest concern is that he's 0 for 7 at Del Mar with only mm -hmm. one second. While you look at his overall form, he's 5 for five for 29, 3 seconds, and 4 thirds. So for some reason, I don't know, Del Mar just seems to be his... Uh, Maybe his, doesn't like the quirky seaside oval. <laughs> that's, 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 that's what William Murray used to say, yeah, yes. I saw you, I saw you quoted that in yes. the, uh, I saw you quoted that in the, in the, in the first of your, uh, of your frankly speakings available. Yes. I think we sent this one out to the whole list. Eventually that's going to be behind the plus list. If you want great stuff from Frank every day of the meet in the money podcast.com slash plus. I couldn't remember if it was Bill saying it or Bill quoting buyer saying it. Yeah, I don't remember either, but I know that it's definitely my knowledge of it comes from Bill. And I don't know if it was from the wrong horse or, um, you know, something else that he did. But it's always stuck with me. <laughs> it's a great line. Frank Scatoni, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks to Drew Coatney and JK as well. We'll thank our founding partners, the Third Red Retur Retirement Foundation and 10 Strike Racing. We've got TRF Day here on Saturday, too. I'm not sure exactly how I'm going to be involved, but very much looking forward to help out with that if I can. For all of the aforementioned, especially, you know, again, our friends at 10 Strike Racing, can't wait to get back to Saratoga, too, and uh, participate, hanging out with uh, the, the people with the purple and black silks. Um, I'll, I'll also mention the TRF donate link, trfinc.org slash players. That's our page. You can keep up to date on everything we're doing for them. And, uh, yeah, hopefully going to see you soon. I'm Peter Thomas Fornatal. May you win all your photos. <laughs>